one of mine is it doesn't matter whether you haven't started yet or if you're fully established and you've got 200 clients, you've got to just ask yourself, am I happy with what I've got? Salesmarketingproofit.com Real world case studies. No theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and Taki Moore. James Ramco here. Welcome to Sales Marketing Profit, and we're back for another round. Welcome, Taki. Hey, mate. Great to be back. You've been in Hawaii. I apologize for the delay. Yeah, that was totally my fault, dude. We were on holidays in Hawaii with the fam, and uh, internet was crap, and frankly, I just didn't really feel like doing work, to be honest. I think one of the great aspects of the way we have our business is that we're designing it around our lifestyle that we want to do. Yeah, totally. Certainly. And there is that degree of flexibility. Uh, like uh, today, I had occasion to go into um, a busy like CBD zone in my car, and I left like an hour and forty five minutes before I needed to be there. And as I was stuck in traffic, I saw motor motorcycle accident. There was um, like stop moving like fifty meters in thirty minutes at one point, and it just reminded me like. Some people do this every single day and I used to do it for like more than a decade and I'm just really appreciative that we are in an age where we can be valued for our knowledge and when we structure things properly and we get things sorted out when we're doing the right things, you can go to Hawaii if you want. In fact, here's how it happened, man. It was like there's this cold snap in Sydney at the moment and uh, two weeks ago I was sitting, I was just miserable and hating it. So under the blanket, my wife was on, you know, both of us kind of sitting, sitting in bed, huddled up under blankets, shivering our guts out, Googling, Google image search for exotic locations. You know, like there were Tahiti, Bali, um, Fiji, Hawaii. Like this sucks. We've just got to get out here. It's way too cold. So we just booked it for two days later and we took the fam. Like, you know, school holidays worked out great. And we just began to kind of get up and go. It was good. Yeah, you asked on Facebook, where should I go for holidays? And I'd just been to Hawaii. You said Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, I like I Hawaii. Totally give you credit for the whole thing. How good's the <laughs> surfing in Hawaii, coral aside? Oh, mate, it's awesome. It's so good. Like, not too big waves. Like, this is Waikiki. Not waves that weren't too big, but were easy to catch. Long ride in. I don't know. Like, I'm not a surfer, so I don't know the words. But, you know, like, and a big islander dude kind of just puts you on the wave and gives you a push. You can't fail, man. It was awesome fun. And how warm is the water? Yeah, I actually had a surf there with Alexi. That was really fun. Uh, copywriting guy, great guy. And Jesus, uh, was fun. Well, Alexi's one of my mates as well. So he's indeed. I love how he's doing that. Right, so last episode we did was the one product episode. We had, we had a lot of comments on that. We had a lot of shares. So we should thank our audience for uh, – thank you, listener, for putting the word out. Uh, it's been, it got tremendous uh, feedback and, uh, you know, we, we really do appreciate what's happening there. Someone, actually, one of the comments – was really digging the format and length. Maybe once in a while you could go really in-depth where it takes 40 minutes instead of 20. <laughs> Join the program anytime you want, Tim. Totally. Then it'll go as long as it needs to go. Much longer. Yep. All right. Uh, so today uh, is your case study. What are we talking about? Yeah. So uh, when I introduce you to a client, a Blackwell client of mine called George, and uh, the pro- you know, I like how you always come up with kind of a theme for these. So I reckon it's a capacity deal. Remember how we talked about the capacity marketing seesaw in episode two? Yep. This is a little bit like that, but in a coaching business. So uh, George is a great coach, been coaching for like a decade, him and his business partner together, you know, 25 years of coaching uh, in a particular niche. I'll keep it secret just to kind of give them a little bit of uh, privacy. But the problem they had was they got too successful. 
And I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but between him and his business partner, they had 200 clients and they're doing fortnightly coaching calls. So imagine like you do a 30 minute call with every client once every two weeks. Yeah. There's 400, 400 calls a month. And uh, so when I first talked to them, uh, it was a phone call and George was just hating it. Hey, like no freedom, no time. He said, I, I wake up in the morning, my call started, like he, he said, I'd wake up in the morning, my call started at 7 a.m. And I'd start in London, like his London clients, and he'd go right around the world and end up in Hawaii at 6 p.m. So 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., 13 hours a day, back-to-back, non-stop coaching, six days a week. It's like, God, man, like I couldn't believe it. I never heard anything like it. And he'd been thinking about doing something, you know, kind of, I guess, saw the writing on the wall, knew that something had to change, but didn't know what, and was, frankly, a little bit nervous about, A, how do we structure it? Because they had a successful program, you know, 25 years and the average client got great results and stayed for seven years. And they were worried about if I, if I change the format and go to something group, do we lose clients? Do clients stop winning? And what do we do with all these? You know, like it's okay to put new people in, but how do we keep the old guys happy? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think change and managing change is one of the absolute biggest things to master in business. Totally. We get, we get used to – we actually build comfort in status quo until, in many cases, until that comfort gets diminished through – things attrition and change in marketplace if we're not able to change sometimes businesses go out of business because they can't change it's like that polaroid or kodak and some of these technologies change i just got an email yesterday from a software company the first product that i ever promoted as an affiliate and we're talking like 2006 i sort of stopped promoting it about three to four years ago because i felt it's reached the, the peak and it's going to go down from now and like yesterday i got the letter that they've, they've closed no more sales it's finished markets changed and they they couldn't adapt they didn't move quickly enough they didn't get into the groove when i could see it and they're no longer there. So sometimes change is actually required. Yeah, totally. But it's, I reckon it's really hard for businesses when things are going okay to instigate change. Right, because you kind of got this… Comfort. At least when it's crap, you've got, like, well, I've got no choice. But it, it's kind of tough. You've got to let go of the old to take on the new, and it's pretty scary. So these guys, I mean, they're great guys. But um, when I talked to George, he said, you know, I wake up in the morning, I look at the phone, and I want to puke. And, like, that was just like… That, you know, that was like, dude, we've got to do something about this straight away. So he's really frustrated because he's like, he's helping everybody else win. And financially, they're doing great, but he's just, he's just hating his life. So there's, there's a couple of things going on here. You know, number one, there's, yeah, he's maxed out. But number two, he's worried that if he shifts to this new thing, uh, number one, he drops value. Like they're, they're known as being, you know, as delivering incredible value. So number one, if I switched from one-on-one attention to clients to group, then all of a sudden my value drops. And number two, maybe clients, yeah, maybe clients leave. We worked out kind of the course. In fact, he worked out the course. He said, you know what it is? Uh, yeah, we talked about a, a new model and he ended up going there, which we'll talk about in a second. But the big problem was that he had positioned with his clients that attention is what they should ask for and attention is where the value is. And so often I think as you know, as coaches or consultants or, or, or even just in general, we kind of we teach our clients to we set expectations that maybe aren't in both of our long-term good interests. Yeah. Mate, that describes my entire last industry. You, you can't open a Sunday paper without a full-page ad screaming, discounts, we won't be beaten, you know, we'll beat any deal, more for your trade-in. Like car dealers educate their customers to come and make price. Ask how much, yeah, exactly. Come and screw us, come and talk deals, come and talk price. Like it is the most suicidal marketing thing ever. 
And you're right, I actually have a coach customers who say, oh, you know, I'm under the pump to deliver this course by the end of the month. And I'm like, well, who promised the course? And they're like, yeah. me. <laughs> I'm like, well, why? You, you know, you've you got to make the, the bed you want to lie in. Why don't you make a good one? Exactly. And so, what, 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 you know, it's like he said, you know, you either train your customers or they train you. And, and in his case, he'd positioned attention is where it's at, you know, that you're going to get one-on-one lots of time with us and it's all about time and attention. And he quickly realized um, that if, if he, you know, if it was kind of zero something, could start from scratch and build it the way he wanted. It's like, well, how can we, how can we dramatically increase the value in one-tenth the face time was the goal. It's kind of exciting, right? Yeah, absolutely. This kind of whole case study is about how do we move from one-on-one service delivery to one-to-many, not in the marketing but in terms of the, the you know, delivery piece, I talked about you know, I talk about attract and convert and deliver. This is totally a deliver piece. And so the framework that we use is like when you go to build a leveraged coaching model, there's really three key pieces you want to you know you want to make sure are included. And you do a great job of this, I do a great job of this, and our clients do as well. So if, if uh, you've got a pen, James, just draw a little pyramid, like a, a triangle with a flat bottom. And there's really three things that we want to make sure we include in our coaching yep. biz. Uh, number one, you know, we'll call that the left hand you know, the left-hand side of the pyramid is content. You know, people come to you with a problem that needs solving or with a goal that they want to achieve. And really what they're looking for when they first join is they want the content. You know, they'll give me the strategy, the tool, the, the secret that I don't have. And if I had that secret, everything's going to be great. So you definitely need a way to deliver your content. Uh, but the content alone isn't enough. Um, what people need next is they need coaching. You know, they need someone to hold their feet to the fire and someone to help them apply the content to them and their situation. Yeah. So it's like, it's uh, how do I get help when I need to? Uh, how do I apply this to me? And can you, you know, give me a loving kick up the bum whenever I need it? So we've got content, we've got coaching. And the third piece of the framework that we're going to, that we apply in this guy's business is community. The problem with the traditional one-on-one coaching program is that, you know, it's all coaching. There's very little kind of content and there's no community. It's kind of you and the coach and that's it. I'd like to kind of get your opinion in a second, but I just found tremendous value in having my clients help each other and so that they get a tremendous ton of value from me and, you know, Adam and Jamie, my team, but they also get an incredible amount of value from each other, the community. Do you want to kind of talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I agree. An example, yesterday, one of my students sent me an email, asked me a question, and I said, that is a great question for our forum. Please please Mm. ask it there (laughs) because, A, when I answer it, Every other yeah, you answer to one guy and nobody else gets it. Yeah, benefit. every other member can now benefit from my answer, which I'll because I'm now sharing it with a lot more people, I'm going to put more effort into. So I feel that the return on investment of my energy is better. The student still gets the answer, but he'll also get contributions from other members who may have a different insight or another uh, way of dealing with it, or they're aware of a different t- tool. And so you actually get the – this is actually closer to the uh, mastermind concept, uh, which is you know, why I call mine a mastermind rather mm. than um, anything else, a silver circle mastermind, is because from if you go back to the original text, Think and Grow Rich, the whole concept of, of mastermind is that you have a lot of people coming together to solve one problem. You're getting the power of lots of brains focusing on it rather than just one. Yeah, you get the hive mind in action. It's brilliant. Yeah, so I'm totally on board. Love that. And, you know, I'm a community builder. I've got two communities, and that, that's been my core business, really, in six or seven years. And yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's, and it 
we'll probably delve into this a few times, but there's a lot of responsibility involved running a community and I think there's no coincidence that both you and I have a lot of kids. Yeah, that's funny. I would never thought about that. Well, I have. I've How got many kids, kids have you got? I've got, got six kids. You've got stacks, right? I've and I've got four. Right. The two of us together, we could probably form any kind of football team or something. But the, um, the, the thing is, I think the same skills that are required to run a community, you'll find in most parents this whole nurturing, the responsibility, the nourishment, the uh, letting it be itself. Yeah but keeping an eye on it sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've worked really hard to create a community. Actually, one of my clients, Casey, talked about, he was the inspiration for these two words in this kind of, in the Black Belt community, I'm really looking to build a community that's number one, high support, which is, you know, support from me, support from my team, but also support, you know, peer support. So number one, high support, but also high performance. And so it's not like a club where we kind of just click and like on each other's stuff. But we're doing stuff every single day, every single week. And so we kind of we want to build a community that's high support, high com, you know, high uh, performance, and then we're doing really, really well, especially if we, you know, if we're in the business of helping people kind of get results like you and I both are. And then culturally, in some places, especially Australia, for example, it's quite common that a high performing entrepreneur is not going to get a pat on the back from their family or their their mates down at the pub or the guys they went to uni with or at school or the sporting club, because they can't relate. Totally. And in, if anything, it kind of makes their friends feel a little backward because this person is just excelling. So uh, having a high-performance environment is somewhere where you can actually say, hey, you know, I made a 100 grand profit last month and someone else says, well done, awesome. Yeah, not, yeah. not you, Greg. On you, dude. Right, exactly. Or like, oh, great, well, you can buy me a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally right. So the kind of... In working with George, like what's cool about this case study is the whole case study started and finished inside 30 days, which I'm really, really stoked about. So George came to me with a problem. Uh, we go, great. What we need to do is we need to build a, a new model. You know, we've trained them that attention's where it's at. We need to build a new model. So we need to shift some stuff in your head. We need to shift the way you deliver. And then we need to, we need to kind of reset expectations and re-engage clients into this new model, right? So all of that in 30 days. So let me kind of just do a quickie on what he did because I think it'd be really kind of instructional for people. But the big idea is we want to build a, a, a program that is uh, equal parts, content, coaching, community. And if we just do content, eventually people get, you know feel guilty because they're not doing all the stuff. If you just do coaching, it's like, well, have you done your homework yet? No. Why didn't you do your homework? Insert feeble response here. Well, will you do your homework next week? Yeah, and they never do. That's just silly, right? And then so, and if it's just community, it's like a club. So you need all three to kind of really get clients' results. And would you say that it, you've seen this too? But, but in my case, I think sometimes people come in for the the content or the coaching, but they stay for the community. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent right. And with, without the community, then the client results are significantly lessened. I I found. Yeah, community is like the glue. It holds everything together and bonds it nicely. Yeah, it totally is. So um, I just want to give you kind of the three steps that George really took. Now, the first thing was an internal shift in his head. Remember before we talked about that he positioned, you know, attention is where it's at. The shift that he had was he, he realized that freeing up his time actually allowed him to serve clients better because it allowed him to put time into creating the perfect training and building the accountability and support systems and the community to really, you know, help people. So his goal was how do we, you know, deliver a higher level of service in one-tenth the contact time. So, the, you know, the first action was just kind of getting really clear in his that, that it was actually possible to deliver more value in less time. I just want to highlight that if it's okay. Yeah. A lot of people out there have this kind of bravado martyr 
impact on how much they work and that's supposed to be appealing and attractive. But I would suggest, and it's certainly been my experience, people are now drawn to me more because I surf and I have days off and I don't work certain days of the week and because my rescue time count per week is dropping – that's actually more appealing for them to come and learn from me. How are you doing this? How can I do this? How is it possible? They don't want to learn from someone grinding out 100 hours a week. It's not aspirational. No, because you're the, you, you, know, you and I work less. So completely right. So for everyone listening, you need to be, well, maybe need to is too strong. Yeah, you want to be the 2.0 version of your current client. And on that, basically, the more momentum you have now, the faster your results will happen because it's just small hinges swing big doors. You have, you just yeah. you put that big door on a small hinge, boom, it's going to completely swing for you. And that's why you get, uh, that's why both of us have starting point filters for who we want to work with because we know the more momentum they bring to the table, the quicker they can get a result. Yeah. I did a webinar this morning and I kind of did my who this is for, who this is not for bit at the end. And somebody goes, oh, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. We're not working with those guys at the bottom. I'm like, well, maybe you could work with them then because I'm working with the dudes at the top. You know, frankly, the top 10 or 20% of every market is way more fun than the dudes, you know, scraping at the bottom. Anyway, uh, I digress. There's three things that we, that, you know, that really George did. Number one was this mindset shift that the less face time I have, the more free time I have, the better I can serve you. Number two, we rebuilt his coaching offer from, you know, one call of a fortnight, 30 minutes to, you know, a, re- a really great model with some content, some coaching community. So it looked like this, you know, one webinar a month where he taught a particular strategy. So you can imagine, you know, one 60-minute 60, 60 call where he's teaching the next thing, yeah? Now, next, the coaching part. So he had uh, another webinar two weeks later where he's doing, you know, a coaching call where he teaches for, you know, 10 minutes at the start and then asks his clients three questions, same three questions I ask my clients in my life coaching calls. Number one, uh, what's your biggest win since last time we talked? Because like you said before, it's a lonely game and most people don't get a pat on the back anywhere. Number two, what are you working on right now? In other words, for the next 30 days, what's the most important thing that you should be focused on? So number one, what are your wins? Number two, what are you working on? Number three, what do you need most? You know, What do you really need right now? And then he can take people off mute and help them with their stuff. And he found he's able to, you know, lots of his clients had similar problems. And so by helping the you know, 10 people on this webinar, he kind of helped everybody then apply those lessons to them. So number one, uh, one monthly training webinar. Number two, he's gone from fortnightly calls with everybody to a a, um, a call with his group where he's answering questions. Number three, uh, he built in some accountability. In his case, uh, I mean, we do it with Post It Monday and Finish It Friday in our community, but he just did a an Infusionsoft email with a form. And so every every Friday I would ask people what they what they did. And on Sunday there'd be an email that they needed to get back to the to the guy by um, by Monday with a his you know what's your plan for the week and so there's just built some built in accountability. The third thing was the community and I think this is really smart. He looked at his clients and realised that there were three or four core groups and he split them into pods of like clients. Now without giving too much away about his industry, if some of them were solo practitioners, others had multiple offers, and some of them you know, had people working under them, and so he split them into those three or four different groups. And now he's got not just great communities, but communities of people who are doing the same journey. And so we can assign homework to each group that is relevant to them. Yeah? Yeah. Well, uh, this is going to be really interesting when we get into some of the, the, the different ways to handle these things because I've, got, oh, I've done a lot of experimentation on groupings. Yeah. By, you can group by type. You can group by time zone. 
Mm-hmm. You, can, you can group by income brackets. So there's a lot of ways you can do this. But our most important thing here is for for you to think about how you might go about grouping this and, and also the different ways you can handle accountability. I've got different ways we do it with my team and also with my students. Oh, like, yeah, for right. example, in our community, we have fly on the wall. Yep. And everyone – What do they do today? They post every day. I, today I did blah, blah, blah. And, it, you know, if you get to the end of the day and you go to post fly on the wall and you're like, well, shit, I didn't actually do anything today, <laughs> then that's like the daily – it's being accountable to you. It's like, well, I, I don't feel that I've – that I've, I don't feel proud. Yeah, you know, I didn't have fun. I didn't do any work. I don't know. I can't remember today. Then you're not having totally right. an effective day. When I asked George about this, he just basically said, I just copied what you do. So he's, uh, he's done a monthly webinar. He's done his group coaching calls every two weeks, and he's put people into pods, and that's, yeah, that's kind of the start of his life. Obviously, there's more to it, but that's, that's the guts. Um, the third thing that he did, which is killer, you know, so now we can, he can run webinars and sell people into his new program, right? It's the same price, just so you know. He went from one-on-one at uh, you know, roughly fifteen hundred or two grand a month, depending on the level they chose, uh, he, he's now selling a group program at exactly the same price. So his price didn't drop, even though he's now not involved one on one. The only problem he had left was, what do I do with my existing, you know, my, my existing clients? And so he had to have a transition conversation with each of them. And basically, the way you do this, it's just like if you ever have like face to face coaching clients that you drive to and you see, you know, God forbid, the way to transition them into working by phone is you have a conversation say, you know what, this has been great. We've been hitting some really great milestones and I really think you're ready now for real coaching. And they're like, what's real coaching? Well, real coaching works like this. And you can you can transition it, either go straight to just phone or you can go, so once a month, I'll drive to you just like we've been doing. Uh, the next week, we'll do it by phone. Week three, you can come to me and then week four, we'll go back on the phone. And so now you cut your travel time from you know every week to one in four. So you basically just didn't have a transition conversation. So you basically let people know that People are getting great results in these new, you know, in the, with this new system, and he thinks that they're ready for it. And I want you to have a go, and we're going to test it out for the next ninety days. And if you don't like it, you can go back. So here's the thing: everybody says yes, test it out, and nobody goes back. Wow! Yeah, it's genius, right? When I changed my system, I actually um, stopped. <laughs> I retooled for six weeks, and then started fresh. So there was there was no option. I just yeah. removed the choice. And I felt hungry for it when I came back and I, I had a completely new setup. So there's obviously, that's the most extreme. And then the way that you're talking about. It's like this softly, softly approach, right? It's, the step by step. it's a very smooth, you know, it doesn't affect income and you've got that little discussion period. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of 90 days. Uh, he said there was a couple of people who weren't happy, you know, who felt like they weren't getting the same personal attention. And he just, he just did what every great coach does and said, so it's not about you getting, you know, us having scheduled time. You just need to engage more. Like you haven't been in the group, you haven't been on the webinars. It's not about, you know, you just need to engage more. And people did. You know, some, a couple left, but most people just kind of jumped in and, and threw themselves into it. Let's, so let's just talk quickly about the the wins because and this is 30 days later. It's a kind of a big shift for a dude with 200 clients. So the new model is he's got one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off. So in 30 days, he freed up 26 weeks a year, which is freaking ridiculous. Uh, now he's got time to work on new products. He launched a brand new business. Uh, did his first webinar, made 120 grand, and him and his business partner, uh, literally, they wake up, they have a, a meeting every week, and the question is, how can we have more fun? How can we make more money? How can we help more people? And they're just going to, it's put the fun back in their business. It's pretty exciting. He said, the best part of all, I've got no headset on, I can just kind of hang out with my daughter and, and have a good time. Yeah, I think the most important point there is that it's about asking the questions. Totally. How can we have more fun? How can we make more money? How can we help more people? And if you ask that consistently and look and kind of force yourself to come up with answers, you come up with some great stuff. Why don't we just uh, check in, dude, and, and talk about 
lessons that have come out of this conversation. Yep, let's do that. I've got a couple, but I'm also curious to kind of see if there's anything that's popped for you as kind of important to chat about. One of mine is it doesn't matter whether you haven't started yet or if you're fully established and you've got 200 clients, you've got to just ask yourself, am I happy with what I've got? And if you're not, you could ask, uh, like, for example, if you think, well, what's, why am I even doing this? What's the point? Have I lost sight of why I started this? If you want to change it, you've got to ask yourself, am I ready for change? What am I prepared to, to do about it? And then start asking the real questions. You know, what should I change? How will I transition this? What does it look like in the future version? And hopefully there's a lot of ideas have come from this discussion that would enable that. And I, I think really the, one of the big under, underlying themes of this whole thing is about change and asking the right questions. Love that. Totally right. And it's interesting because he, he changed three things. Number one, he changed his own mind. Number one, number two, he changed his model. And number three, he had to change the relationship he had with his existing clients. I think that's pretty, that's kind of pretty common for most of us. For me, I reckon the, you know, one of the big lessons is that we train clients what to want. You know, clients want what we kind of train them to want. And so if we need to change, you know, if we're not happy with how clients are treating us, then we need to shift how we're positioning ourselves, you know, shifting how we teach them what to want. True. And, and it's also generally people think they have an idea of what they're measuring. A uh, classic example Almost every single person who asks questions in relation to how do I set up a membership, um, usually they're asking stuff like, how do I populate it with all the stuff so that I can launch it? <laughs> and look, you've got to say, oh, actually, it's not at all about the stuff. <laughs> that's, according to your model, <laughs> that's only one third of it at the most. Yeah, the content is a part, is a piece of what you do. And you don't need a lot of stuff. No, you totally don't. In fact, I was having this conversation with a client, a brand new client yesterday who's you know, just got started and he's, that was his exact question. So before I launched this new site, I've got a, I probably should load it up with a whole bunch of videos. I'm like, well, actually, nope. Aren't these people already buying everybody else's stuff and they've got heaps of videos? Yep. And isn't your stuff more about the mindset than about the, the skill set? Yep. Okay. So you just need to train your people that less is better. Exactly. So that stuff does not equal value. So that's that's a classic case of people thinking they know what the important thing is. And and you know, again, back to my old industry, when people come in the door and they want a good deal, we were trained to retort with um, well, a good deal on the wrong car is not a good deal. Like if you have this car and you got a you got it cheap, but you hate it and it doesn't have enough doors or you can't fit in it or it's the wrong color. And you, you walk out the garage every morning, you look at it and you go, I hate this car. I wish I'd never bought it. Then it doesn't matter how much you get as a discount. There's nothing worse than, a, than an orange car with two doors or one door. That's terrible. Yeah, that's right. And no, I don't want to buy it, Taki. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think the other, other big lesson is this. Like if we uncouple stuff and value, you know, that we can actually deliver more value with less stuff and less waste. I mean, that's just genius. Um, the way we do that in a coaching, community, you know, coaching environment is, uh, is the right blend of coaching content community um should we get into some homework yeah yeah i reckon kind of three there's three pieces which come up for me and if you want to add a fourth mate that's totally cool you don't have to do all these but i think it'd be helpful uh number one i just want you to ask the question you know what have you trained clients to want that doesn't serve you anymore you know which kind of couples in with your question of am i really happy Mm -hmm. um number two I want you to kind of set some new rules for how you want your new service to be so in george's case it was i'm going to do a group program at the same price as my one-on-one uh, with more value so you know but it just it might not even be change the whole model but you know let's just if you first of all ask the question what have i what have i told them to expect and want that i don't want to do anymore number two what do i what do i want to reset as my new rules you know i remember when i when i first switched from one-on-one to group i was really worried that my clients would 
you know, my existing one-on-one clients would, you know, revolt. Turns out they actually said, you know, Taki, we didn't want to tell you this before. We actually liked the, the group thing better. <laughs> I don't know how I felt about that, but it was true. <laughs> anyway, so the third thing is if you're ready to transition clients into a new a new thing, a new system, a new way, then make it benefit, not negative, and tell them that they're ready for the next thing. Explain how it works and why it's in their best interest, that you've totally got their back and you wouldn't do it if you didn't know that it was best for them, and that we're going to try it out for 90 days. Yeah, I'll give you a tip there too is uh, when, when I was in the position of great responsibility in my general manager's role, the easiest way to float new ideas, which I, and I had many, I was an innovator, was to call it a pilot program. Exactly. Because it doesn't sound like it's permanent or forever, but it, so it's yeah, not that later, obligated. It's totally yeah, yeah look, we're going to we're going to pilot this new way of doing this or this this new system. I want you to, to get into it, give us reports on it, see how you like it. We can always switch back if you hate it. Yeah, why don't we try it out for three months? Yeah, it's a low risk way to introduce something. Man, I totally love that. That's golden. And I think they do that with TV series as well. Yeah, they do. That's totally right. They kind of fly it and see if, see how it lands. Yeah, see if it gets the rating. See if it's going to stick. Man, I love that. Good. I think I think we're kind of done. No, there's not a lot to add. Uh, we, we've covered all the ma- major points. Um, George's story has been really interesting. I'm sure the calculator's been pulled out by now. Two hundred times fifteen hundred dollars per month. Yes, that's right. And to be able to transition the program from the old way to the new way by being able to confront that change. And it really came from being honest about the way you feel about it, about reflecting on why you're doing this and and what you want out of it. And the, the real moral of this story is it's possible to move from something you have now to something better once you're aware of what that actually is and what some of the steps are. So you've given a, a great model, content, coaching, community and uh, there's some homework there that our listener can take so I'd, I'd love to get the feedback and comments on this particular episode dude i think that's golden hit us up at salesmarketingprofit.com leave us a little voicemail we love those or leave us a comment both are great and uh, let us know what you did what you liked what you learned thanks so much cheers man that was great fun talk to you soon you're listening to SMP with James Franco and Talkie Moore. Visit salesmarketingprofit.com.